that day, right? And so everybody here, you need a fresh infilling of God's Spirit. You need, you need a fresh dose of the Spirit of God. You need a fresh infilling. You need a fresh drink of God's love um, because you need it. Because uh, just as sure as those practices were difficult and the sun was hot and we were playing in full pads and that water was my lifeline, um, how many of you know that the presence of God is your lifeline to peace? Amen. The presence of God is your lifeline uh, to keeping fear out. The presence of God, right? And so learning how, you know, worshiping in a corporate sense. How I many you know when we're in here through the gift that God's placed in Brian, he's got a, by the Spirit of God, he's got a massive water hose. <laughs> Seriously, that's like coming out and you're just holding your cup up. You know what I'm saying? And you're just drinking in, right? And that's the beauty of, of corporate worship. But how many know that you can fill your cup at your house, in your car? Amen. You can, you can learn how uh, to worship on your own, and you can learn how to pray on your own. You can learn how to enter into God. How many know the whole purpose of church is to teach you how to have your own relationship with God? Your own relationship. Because how many know you need a, you need a strengthening? You need a, you need a fresh dose of God's presence on a regular basis. Because... Um, uh, it's, it's, it's more than just a, a head knowledge thing. It's more than just the multitude of scriptures. How many know that the presence of God will strengthen you? Yes. The presence of God will give you peace. The presence of God will give you joy. Um, and we need it on the regular. See, God doesn't fill you with His Spirit one time and never fill you again. If you look at it in, 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 the, in the Greek, it's, a, it's, a pre, it's in the present perfect tense, which means a continual feeling. And it's actually a New Testament commandment. It says, be ye filled with the Spirit of God. What does that mean? That means that you need the Spirit of God on the, regu- on the regular. On the regular. Anybody ever get real thirsty? And you just got to have some water? Well, when, when you're cranky, when you're tired, when you're critical, um, when you're afraid, when you're worried, when you're anxious, when you're grumpy, your, your spirit needs a drink. <laughs> Your spirit needs a drink of that, that living water of the presence of God. You know, it's, it's easy to know when we're physically parched, but sometimes we can be spiritually parched and not realize it. You know, and you're living in a world that's constantly, the spirit of this world's constantly trying to evaporate the presence of God off your life. Yeah. Trying to, to, to make, cause people to be, you know, intoxicated with the ways of the world and with the things of the world and the appetites of the world and the pride of life and and the lust of the eyes, and, and all of these things are, are constantly trying to evaporate that presence. And, and now more than ever, you have to set aside some time to spend with God. You know, and, and maybe you're super busy and you don't have a ton of time. When you're in the car, man, turn the worship music up and worship God. Connect, fill up your cup and take a drink. Can you get an amen? amen. And, and, and strengthen yourself. Uh, because God never slumbers, He never sleeps, He's always awake. How many of 3 o'clock in the morning, God's right there waiting on you? 4 o'clock in the morning, He's right there. Anytime you want Him, He's there. He's not like a, a, a person that sleeps or slumbers. He's always ready to jump on you and spend time with you. And, um, you know, and you don't have to be super spiritual and have all your ducks in a row to call out on the presence of God to overshadow you and strengthen you. Can I get an Amen. You know, the other day, um, we, we had something going on, and this happened, and that happened, and I was, you know, fighting the good fight of faith of, you know, online ministry and internet and all that type of stuff, and, and, um, and after, 
after it all crashed and went down and I was frustrated, then I got, the, I got an awful headache, like an awful headache, like an awful headache, right? And so um, and, and it, I want to show you this because your father is always there to strengthen you. Listen, you don't ever have to qualify for the presence of God. You don't have to have, once again, you don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be in church. Anywhere, you just call out. And I can remember I was tired. I was frustrated. I had a tremendous headache. And I just, I just laid down in bed. And I laid there, you know. And I just called on the Lord. I said, Lord, help. <laughs> you know, simple prayer, not super spiritual. Didn't even, didn't even really feel like praying in the Spirit at that time. Didn't feel like confessing the Word. I just lay down in bed and internally is like, God, I need you. And you know what he did? Here he come with his presence. presence. He wrapped his arms around me with his presence. And his presence started strengthening me and strengthening me and strengthening me and strengthening me and, <clears throat> and making me strong in my moment of weakness. You know? And I didn't have the praise and worship loud. I didn't, I, didn't have, I didn't have everything perfect. I just collapsed and called out. <laughs> and you know what he did? He met me right where I was at. And he strengthened me. Are you tracking me here? So what I'm saying is, he's always ready to fill your cup. Always. Always. But, but what we have to do is we have to shut down the distractions. And we, and we have to also realize that sometimes the thing that we, we think strengthens us is not really the things that actually strengthen us. Are you all tracking me here? There are things that make us strong, and it's Him. And, uh, and you're always welcome, right? Can I get an amen? You know, in your worst night, in your greatest failure, in your biggest sin, in your biggest slip-up, in your greatest angry outburst, the Lord God Almighty is right there saying, come to me. Amen? How many know He built us to be dependent upon Him? Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like, you don't... You know, you don't get saved and all of a sudden you're this autonomous superman or superwoman. You ever notice that there's still, it's almost like, you know, we, we have a tire that is always going flat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody on earth, like, gets saved and gets all of God and they're like, dun, 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 I am super Christian. You will learn from me, you know, and like, I am awesome. no. How I many you know that you live in a world that's antagonistic to you and it's always trying to come against you? The spirit of this world is not the same as the spirit of the kingdom. And how I many you know your, your tire's always in the state of going down? I mean, just being honest with you, but how I many you know that, that you, there's a filling station? Amen. There, there, is, there is, you know, come boldly to the throne of grace to attain help in time of need. How I many you know God will keep filling you back up and filling you back up? And filling you back up. He never gets tired of you needing Him. He never gets tired of you needing Him. In fact, He loves it when you need Him. He loves it like it's a joy to Him to rescue you. He loves to rescue you. He loves it. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. It's a joy to Him. He loves to rescue you. He loves to serve His people. Come on, man. Just like when uh, Peter, Lord's like, you got to let me wash your feet or you have no part of me. You've sure. got to let me serve you. you got to yeah. let me come in to the most nasty part of where, where you're dirty. Let me, let, this is where I serve you in that area. It's good, man. I come, I, come, I come to you and I serve you. 
Come on. Come on. Come on. If you don't allow me to serve you that way, come on. Come on. Because this is my heart for you. He wants to serve you. He wants to serve you. He loves you. He wants to rescue you. He's strong. He's the shepherd. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're the sheep. We get lost. <laughs> we, we make mistakes. He rescues us. Amen. And, 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 and it's in that place of rescue, that intimate place of rescue, where you really fall in love with him. It's your, it's your weaknesses that cause you to fall in love with Him. It's your failures that cause you um, to fall in love with Him. And, and so he, He's always ready to fill up your cup. But how I many you know sometimes we get so busy, He's got to get our attention. You know, I know that you know, Eli right now, he, he, he doesn't always know when he's hungry because he gets on the play. Like he's going to play. And he's hungry, but he don't know it. You know how we know that he's hungry? He's cranky as all get out. Cranky, cranky, cranky. And, and we're thinking, what's wrong with Eli? He's hungry. But he doesn't know that he's hungry. How I many know there are people who are spiritually hungry, but they don't know that they're hungry? And they're cranky, and they're mad, and they're upset, and they're this and they're that. And really, all they need is some time with the Lord to fill up your cup again, to, put, to pump back up that tire, because God created you to need Him. And, he's, and you're never going to stop needing Him. And He's always going to be right there for you. That's a part of our relationship with Him. I mean, I mean He's the one that's strong, not us. Amen? And uh, He's never going to reject you either. Like, he, he doesn't... like Our weaknesses don't turn Him off from us. You know? I mean, so many times we were taught this performance-based Christianity where we thought that our weaknesses, you know, made God shun us or reject us or turned God away from us. No, no, no. Your, your weakness allows Him to be God. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. The, the thing that, that, that stops it is self-righteousness. When we're trying to pretend like we're strong when we're not. When we're trying to pretend like we're something that we're not. Are you tracking me? How many of the Pharisees and Sadducees needed healing? But how many of them got healed? You know why? Because they're self-righteous. They were trying to establish their own righteousness and establish how they were so awesome. And they didn't, they didn't receive the power of God. But you see all these people who are sinners and publicans and you know, tax collectors and, 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 and harlots and, and, and cussing fishermen and, 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 and uh, uh, lepers and, and people with an issue of blood. And these people are getting healed left and right. Why? Because their weakness was out front and they were ready to receive a Savior. Self-righteousness says, I want to earn a wage. You give me this promise because I deserve it because I've been good enough to deserve it. Amen. Praise the Lord. No, no, no. It is not like that. It's all free through Jesus. Now, it's humbling. How many of you it's humbling to receive something you didn't earn? It's humbling to receive something that's free. It really is. Um, but that's how the kingdom is. And so God wants to, he wants to fill up your cup. And, and we're living in a time where you need your cup filled on the regular. Amen. You do. We all do. Amen. And the beauty of it is, is his cup never runs dry and he's all, always ready to fill up your cup. <clears throat> Amen. So I just want to encourage you in that. And uh, God, he filled up our cup this morning, didn't he? Just fill it. You know, there are times when we're in a place of worship where we're not really singing per se, but the presence of God's just reverberating in here. You know, and it's just like, and, it, and it's like I'm hesitant to preach because God's filling up your cup. And when God's got His arms wrapped around you, the last thing I need to do is talk. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, I just need to just, 
shut up and let the Lord do what the Lord does. Amen? Because he'll, he'll take a moment and just fill it up with himself. And uh, I mean, that's what we want. Amen? We don't, we don't want a performance. We don't want a perfect anything. We just want the Lord. And uh, we're living in a, if you're If your spirit, if you're saturated in the presence of God, a fiery dart won't start a fire in your mind. If you're saturated in the presence of God, a fiery dart won't start a fire in your mind. It's when we're dry that the fiery darts start fires in our mind of fear, worry, anxiousness, temptation, all of these things. But when you're saturated in His presence, I mean, you know, temptation's not knocking when you're saturated in the presence of the Lord. Like when you're saturated in the presence of the Lord, the enemy tried to tempt you, you're like, Psh. you see it for you see it clearly for what it is, you know? But it's in the moments of dryness when the enemy tries to hit with temptation and tries to hit with all the things that, you know, condemnation and fear and all that. And so uh, let's stay saturated, amen. Let's stay saturated in the presence of God. And um, because it's good for you and it's also good for those around you. I mean, you know, when you're saturated in, in His presence, uh, the person that you really are starts to come forth. Amen. Amen. We've all seen the Betty White commercials when somebody gets hungry and they turn into Betty White, right? <laughs> Amen. Well, there's a version of you that's not true. It's the old you. That's not who you are. But it's a version of you. How I many you know it's a version that some people know? Right? But how I many you know there's a new version of you? Amen? And, and that old person is not you. How I many of an old person always trying to creep up out of the grave? And try to come back, you know? And, that's a, and that, you know, that's a part of, that's just the carnal mind trying to, trying to resuscitate itself. But um, that's not who you are. And, and uh, that the, the, the real you is demonstrated when you're, when, you're, when you're saturated in the presence of God, when you're full of the presence of God. That loving you, that kind you. Can I get an amen? That's who you are. And when something else arises, that's not you. That's a false identity that's trying to rise up. Don't identify with that. And endeavor to, to, to help each other not to identify with that. Y'all track, what are you talking about, Jeremy? I'm, I'm saying no, no one after the flesh. I mean, every once in a while, we all we get in the flesh. In your house, people get in the flesh. Oh, so-and-so's having a bad day. Praise God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, and, and the right thing to do and it's not always the easy thing to do, but the right thing to do is to, to, to see them beyond their bad moment. Seriously. See them beyond their bad moment. Don't know them after the flesh, because you can look at them and think, that's not who they are. They got, a, they got an old man, old woman costume on. They got a mask on of, of, of angriness and, and, and blah, 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 or whatever. But, but how many know the real them's beneath the grave clothes? Just like Lazarus has been resurrected... But it, they had to remove the grave, grave clothes to reveal the resurrection life power. How I many you know that, that periodically people will try, people in, in your household, people around you. How I many you know it's sometimes easier to be kind to strangers yeah. than people in your own house? For real. And, and we have to know each other, not according to the flesh. We have to recognize that person is the righteousness of God. God loves them. That's not who they really are. Can I get an amen? And. If you are saturated in the, pre- in the Spirit of God, it's easier to handle someone when they're in the flesh. Because when they are biting and devouring, 
Because how many know people get like that? Everybody does. Um, they, if they sink their teeth into love, or they sink their teeth into joy, or they sink their teeth into peace, how I many you know it, it'll snap them out just like a Snickers will change somebody from Betty White to the person they really are? <laughs> you tracking me here? But how I many know you got to have fruit on your tree in order for that to happen? Because if you're dry and brittle and they dry and brittle, y'all about to start a fire. <laughs> Amen. And it happens. And even when it, even after the fire starts and it goes off and all that, how I many know God still loves everybody? And God still, how I many know love covers a multitude of mistakes? Can you get an amen? But we can keep our, we can keep our cup full, man, and because we need it, we really, really need it. You know, we're 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 in a time of uh, of <clears throat> there's just a lot of battle that's going on, you know. And this this we're going to finish our our series today. We're going to be done, <clears throat> and um, this will be the last installment on on this. And and uh, but but how many know the the battle that we're fighting is already a war that's won? Yeah. It's really important to understand that the devil's already been defeated. <clears throat> um, you know, that, that aspect of things is over. Uh, God, is, God is for us. God is with us. And I'm just trying to make sure that I'm following the leading of the Spirit here because I uh, just want to make sure. I might have to, have to go back to where I was. So, um, a part of your calling is to help your brothers and sisters recognize the Christ that's in them. Okay? That, see, that's what the gospel does. The gospel doesn't stand up before you and beat you over the head for your bad deeds. Okay? Now, the, the gospel will never say that those deeds are right. What are you tracking me? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? How many know grace does not change the fact that right's right and wrong's wrong? When Jesus caught the, the woman in the... Jesus... When the Pharisees and Sadducees caught the woman in the act of adultery and presented him before Jesus, Jesus forgave her first. Can I get an amen? But then he said to her, go your way and sin no more. Like he didn't say, ah, it's God's grace, it's all good, just do whatever you want. How many of you didn't say that? The reason he didn't say that because he cared about her. If he didn't care about her, then her, her, her behavior wouldn't have mattered. But because he cares about her, He's going to A, forgive her, B, not condemn her, and then C, say, go your way and sin no more. Why? Because sin hurts people and destroys people's lives. A real message of grace is never going to say that sin is okay. Okay, why? Because it hurts people. It messes people up. You know, I I love my, my children, and as a result of loving my children, a part of loving my children is I'm going to correct them. If they're doing something that's going to hurt them or harm them, I'm not going to say that it's okay. I'm going to correct them. Why? Because I love them. And, and, so, and so a part of our calling in the body of Christ is, is to help recognize the, the Christ in each other. That's what the gospel does. What the gospel does, the gospel looks past your outward mistakes. It looks past what you got going on. It looks past your failures. It looks past all this outward exterior stuff and go straight to the Christ in you and calls the Christ in you to the forefront. Know ye not that you are the temple of the living God. That, 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 is, that is how Paul opened his letter to the, to the Corinthians who were involved in immorality and sexual immorality and they were making mistakes. 
he, he opened the letter calling them saints. I mean, you know, he did not revoke their sainthood because of their mistakes. I need an amen. amen. <laughs> he, he, he did not change the fact that they were the temple of the living God because of their mistakes. He reminded them. He said, don't you know you're the temple of the living God? Are y'all tracking me here? He reminded them of their worth. He reminded them of their worth. He reminded them of the Christ that was on the inside of them. But how many know sin is ill-fitting on the person of Christ? Sin doesn't fit well on Jesus. Why? Because Jesus has nothing to do with sin. The only time Jesus had anything to do with sin was when He became one with sin on the cross. And then that sin, was, that sin was punished and taken care of and laid aside. And how many know our Savior is once again sinless on the right hand of the throne of Almighty God? No sin on Jesus. No sin in His mind. No sin in His thoughts. No sin in His being. He's on the other side of death. He's on the other side. How many know sin can't touch Him? How many know that same Christ is on the inside of you? How many know you are in Christ and Christ is in you? And now that sin cannot touch the Christ that's in you. Can you get an amen? amen. And, so, and so for a believer to go back to the old behavior, for a believer to take on a false identity, how many know those grave clothes of the old person don't fit well on the new life? Right. You know, even, even after when I first got saved, um, and I hadn't, didn't know it, really hardly anything. I kind of got scared into the kingdom, but I got born again. And I went to church for about three months, you know, got baptized, got a suit, got a haircut, praise God, lasted about three months, and then went, went right back to the lifestyle that I came out of. I, it was very difficult to enjoy that lifestyle. Once I had gotten saved, like, it was hard to party. It was difficult. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I can remember one night, I was at a party, people were partying all around me, they were doing drugs all around me, they were crazy all around me, it was nine o'clock in the evening, and I fell asleep on the couch. Because it was like, this isn't really fun anymore. Like, I can't, like, there's this Christ in me, and He don't like all this. Now, up here in my head, my head's like, yeah, we're partying, you know, but down here in my, in my heart, in the main part of who I am, it was like, this ain't my life anymore, man. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's why the gospel is always going to speak to the Christ in you. Because here's the thing, as a believer, you're not going to be comfortable living in a lifestyle sin. You're not going to be comfortable in it. You, know, you, may, you may slip up and make a mistake. You may fall into it. You may have a season where it tries to have dominion over you, but it's unnatural. It's not natural for you. It's like, it's like taking a, it's like, you know, a, a fish belongs in the water. You know, if we were to walk outside after church and notice that there were all these goldfish in trees, we'd be like, that's weird. You know, and the goldfish would be struggling on the on the bark and the branches, right? As weird as it is for a goldfish to live in a tree, is for a believer to live in a lifestyle where sin dominates them. It's unnatural. It's not what they were created to do. Now, what legalism tries to do is it sees someone in, in a believer operating like that, and it comes and says, "God's mad at you." You're going to be punished. You're going to hell. Uh, 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 what's wrong with you? You need to stop. You need to quit. God's upset with you. God's disappointed in you. You, 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 you. You couldn't save you in the beginning. You can't save you now. You will never be able to save you. And so what we should do when we find somebody in that, we should come with Christ, Christ, Christ. 
Greater is He that's in you than he that is in the world. Don't you know you're the temple of the living God? God's on the inside of you. You are forgiven. You are loved. Can I get an amen? Amen. But in the midst of all of those statements, we never say it's okay for you to be a goldfish in a tree. You know what I'm saying? It's okay for you to, to operate and to continue in that sin. How I many you know it's not? It's not okay. Why? Because you weren't made for that. You were made for greater things than that. When, when the prodigal son came out of the pig pen, and when he came home to the father, <clears throat> he forgot that he was a son. His unworthiness made him feel as though he was not worthy to be a son, so he tried to work. How many believers in the church today don't feel worthy to be a child of God, so they're serving God because they feel like they owe God so that they can somehow get a portion in His kingdom? Lord, I'm not worthy, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going you know, to, I'll just work for you. Look, God, I'm working for you. Look, God, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching Sunday school. Look, God, I'm, I'm preaching. Look, God, I'm helping. Look, God, I'm giving. Look, God, I'm serving. Look, God, look at me. God, look at me. <clears throat> because they don't feel worthy to be a, a child of God. Now, listen to me. Serving is wonderful. Serving is important. How I many you know we don't get anything done unless we do something? How I many you know we got to do stuff? Come on. Need an amen on that. Come on, Grace Church. We got to do stuff. We got stuff we got to do. How many know love that's not expressed is not love? You've been given this amazing love, but it has to be expressed through doing stuff. Can I get an amen? It's got to be expressed, you know, th- you know, through giving, through serving, through 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 using your mouth, through through preaching, through teaching, through helping, through through all the things that we do. But you're serving should never be to get love. Your serving should never be to get approval. Can I get an amen? It should never be. It should never be. You and I are not in control of God's affection. You and I are not in control of God's affection. You're not in control of God's affection. You cannot make Him love you more. You are not that powerful. Just like you can't make the sun shine. How many of you know the sun, according to science, has a point in which it dies? According to what they've studied, right? As powerful as the sun is. You know, billions and billions and billions of years from now, right? That's what they think. But how many know God can't die? And God can't stop shining. And God can't stop loving. So if, you, if we can't make the sun shine, how many know we can't make God love us? And see, we're not accustomed to an unconditional love. We're just not accustomed to it. It's an odd thing as humans to understand. Because you live in a world where everything's based on condition. Everything. Literally everything. Are you good enough? You know? You know are you, do you have enough money? Are you good looking enough? Do you have enough education? Are you a hard enough worker? You, 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 you. Are you good enough at sports? Are you good enough at school? Do you have this type of clothing? 
Every, you're always weighed in the balances everywhere you go except the throne of God. It's the only place where you're not weighed in the balances. Because humanity was weighed in the balances. And you know what we found out? We weren't good enough. We was messed up. Now, it didn't mean He didn't love us. It didn't mean He didn't care for us. In fact, He demonstrated how much He loved us and how much He cared for us and that He sent Jesus to suck the venom out of humanity and save us from death. Are you all tracking me here? And so, so now when you come to God's throne, you can't make Him love you more and you can't make Him love you less. Can I get an amen? It is an unconditional love. An uncondi- when something is stable, it will change everything else in your life. Something stable. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, let's say, anybody ever try to dive into a pool? And you were trying to dive into the pool, but where you were trying to jump wasn't stable? How many know if you try to jump on something that's not stable, you don't know if you're going up or down, or you're just going to go like this and go in the water? You need something stable to make your leap with, Right? If you find something stable, it can change you. When someone's out in the ocean and and they're dealing with the waves and all of that, and that instability will cause seasickness, they tell you to look at the horizon because the horizon is the only thing that's not changing. And if you can find a stable point, it will bring stability into you. Well, you have a love that you cannot mess up, you cannot earn it, and you can't stop it. And the gospel is the looking glass that you see this amazing love with. The face of Jesus which reveals the glory of the Father. As you behold an unconditional love, how many know it will bring stability into your life? Do you know that it's the faithfulness of God that taught me how to be faithful? The faithfulness of God. I didn't know how to be faithful. I knew how to be faithful. I was faithful to nothing growing up. Nothing and no one. I'd quit anything in a day. If I didn't like it, I'm quitting. If it's, not, if it's hard, I'm quitting. I was taught how to quit. I learned how to quit. I was a great quitter. I quit, man. Quit on a class. <laughs> Amen. It's true. I didn't get the joke. What was it? Oh, okay. Thank you. Dang. It's tough when everybody's laughing and you don't know what they're laughing about. Amen. Amen. But I, and, and you know, and I, and I had a very, you know, unstable upbringing and all that type of stuff. But I mean, there's someone who came into my life that was stable. Jesus. And his faithfulness drove my unfaithfulness out of me and turned me into a faithful man. But he was faithful when I wasn't faithful. Are y'all tracking me? And he was loving when I wasn't loving. And now his strength and stability has been brought into me. Are y'all, y'all tracking me here? And so we're called to, to, to resonate the Christ in each other. To look past the failure. To look past the weakness. To look past and, 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 and preach Christ. Can I get an amen? How many of you know Jesus will right the ship? When the ship's off. You see somebody and they're messed up and they're, they're off and stuff like that. How many know Christ is still in them? Okay, get an amen. Let's believe the best. Let's speak the best. Amen. Let, let, let's trust the Lord. 
Amen. And, 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 and because that's what we're called to do, man. And, you know, when the son came to the father, he did not feel worthy of sonship. He didn't feel worthy of it. And so he tried to work for it, right? And he tried to earn it, and he tried to deserve it. And, and that, you can't experience the fullness of God's love and grace when you're trying to earn it. You can't experience it. Why? Because when blessing comes into your life, you take credit for it. When blessing comes into your life, you're like, oh, look at me. Look how great my faith is. Look how much I fasted. Look how much I prayed. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm very hesitant to embrace anything that exalts man. Very hesitant to embrace that. Because, how many know, this, this thing's not based on man. It's not based on humanity. How many know it's based on the Lord? Amen. How many know the Lord can pull it off? The Lord can. You know, I saw someone make a post that I didn't necessarily agree with, and I won't go into a lot of detail, but, you know, saying that the church wasn't praying enough or something. How many people were praying when, when, when Moses split the Red Sea? How many people were praying when Jesus was raised from the dead? I think God's got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're allowed to be a part of this. Just like a child helps his father do something. You know, there are times when, when, when Eli will help me do something. It's a whole lot harder when he's helping me. Like a whole lot harder. Like I'm dodging and like... We, we helped, um, helped Stacy's youngest brother move yesterday. And uh, I have two twin little, little uh, niece and nephews. And, and the little niece, she loves to help. She's such a helper. And I mean, when you see that in a child, you're like, praise God, hallelujah. You know, it's a good quality, right? Dude, she was everywhere, though. Like, we'd be moving the couch. There she is. Oh, and I'd almost step on her. You know, and we'd be moving, we'd be moving a dresser, and she'd be right there, and you'd be like, oh, honey, please, you know, watch out, don't get hurt, you know. And, but I didn't want to tell her she couldn't help. Because she wanted to be a part of what we were doing, and, and God placed gifts in her, and she's expressing her little gifts, right? <clears throat> so we let her help. And you know what? Everything, everything was harder. But, but, but we let her help because we loved her, and we wanted her to be a part of what was going on. I feel like it's the same way with everything we do down here. God doesn't need our help. God allows us to help. Seriously. Like, the Lord could preach His own gospel way better than I can. Like, He really can. I mean, wouldn't you just love for, to hear Jesus preach the gospel one time? Oh, gosh. Please, I would love that. But He don't want to do it like that. He lets us help. <laughs> and, and, and I love how he says, he says, and God has chosen the foolishness of preaching <laughs> to save them that believe. Because an almighty God is perhaps only challenged a tiny bit when he has to work through us. And yet he enjoys it. Just like we enjoyed letting my little niece be a part of the day and letting her help out. So don't, and so statements like that put unnatural pressure and despair on people. When you, when, you, when you get all pressured and in despair, you're not in faith. 
You know what's evidence of faith? You're resting. Praise God. You know how to know you're believing? Rest. Now, in rest, the Holy Spirit will lead you to do stuff. See, rest is not inactivity. Rest is spirit-led activity. So important. Rest is spirit-led activity. What God says works. Nothing else works. You can have the greatest idea in the whole wide world. Anybody ever had some great ideas that fell flat as a pancake? Hallelujah. (laughs) But then God will tell you to do something that seems stupid, and it works. And it might even be something totally unrelated. You may be struggling with this, and God's like, why don't you do this over here? Like, why would I do that? That's blah, 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 blah. Why would I do that? No one, you know, okay, we'll do it your way. <laughs> and, but, but how many know His way works? Yeah. Listen to me. Out of a place of rest, it's easier to be spirit-led. Out of a place of anxiety and pressure and worry, you're in your own strength. Your strength won't get the job done. His strength gets the job done. How many of your part is to trust? When you are trusting, you are at rest. Okay, get an amen. Now listen, I have prayed more in this season of my life than I have since I was in legalism. But I've been praying, really mostly because I just need it. <laughs> But in the midst of me praying, I believe that I am a part of allowing the authority that God's given me to be expressed through praying. Amen. Amen. How many know God will call you into a place of prayer? I mean, we had had a couple weeks ago where I I was just like, honey, I got to go pray. Like, God was calling me to a place of prayer. I felt a heaviness come on me. Just kind of a, like, you know, a burden, you know, the old saints would call it a burden or whatever. What it was is an unction to pray. And when that happens, it's time to drop everything you're doing and go pray. And I'm not talking about a mental thing. I'm talking about down here. Amen. And so, yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to intercede. Yes, we need to declare. But we, we're, we're not the Savior. Don't lose sight of that. The Lord split the Red Sea, what nobody praying. The Lord raised Jesus from the dead, changed him from sin into righteousness all by himself. (laughs) The greatest act ever known was done all by himself. And you know what? He created all of the heavens and all of the universe all by himself. So he's got this. And when people try to put all this pressure on the church and make us feel like we're a failure and the reason things aren't happening a certain ways because of us, I just don't agree with that. Because if we can do it, who gets glorified? This ain't about our glory. It's about His glory. How many know He's the one who gets credit for this thing? So so don't allow a well-meaning minister to put a burden on you that... You weren't created to bear. Is Jesus' yoke easy? Is His yoke light? (laughs) It doesn't change. It doesn't change. And so, don't don't get into striving. Amen? 
Don't get into anxiousness and worry. Amen. Labor to enter into the rest. What's the labor? I mean, you know, sometimes you got to get your cup filled up. Can I get an amen? Sometimes you got to make a decision to move towards the Lord. <clears throat> you got to make a you, know, you make a decision to fill up your cup. You know, I mean, I've had I've had times here recently where it's like, you know, I do a lot of ministry right now, and which is great. I love to do ministry, but there but there are times when it's like I need some time with me and Jesus. Like I need it because if I don't if I'm not receiving, I don't have anything to give away. Are y'all tracking me here? And that's that's why. You know, in the airplanes, they tell you to put on your mask before you put on your mask on your child. Now, now, you know, I, I mean, I feel like I die for my kids. I do. Um, because I love them, and I want to give them a life. But the best thing you can do is receive. How I many know if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of nobody else? Take an amen. <clears throat> and, and, you, and that's why when Mary and Martha, how I many you know Martha was wigged out? Yeah. Now, what... Did she have an honorable, wigged-out point? Well, yeah, kind of. <clears throat> she wanted Jesus to be blessed. But she's wigged out. See, wigged-out Christians... <laughs> ...are not good, okay? Wigged-out Christians are not trusting. Even though their wigged-addedness may be honorable. Even though their cause may be honorable. But Mary has chosen that which is needful. She rested and listened to Jesus. And you know what, you know what happened? When Jesus actually did need ministry, she was there. How many know she was at the foot of the cross with Jesus' mama? She wasn't lazy. She wasn't careless. She chose the better part. What's the better part? Fill up your cup. Maintain your rest. Maintain your peace. God leads you to pray. Pray. God leads you to do whatever. Do whatever. But stay in rest. Can I get an amen? Don't let people freak you out. God has got this. Amen. How many of the Lord's got it? The Lord's got it. I don't care what it is. The Lord's got it. Amen. I don't care what it is. If it's in your personal life, the Lord's got it. Whatever it is, the Lord's got it. We, we cannot, through worry, add one cubit to our stature, right? You can't change anything with worry. The only thing you can do is freak yourself out and freak everybody else around you out. Amen. How many know striving is not the kingdom. Trusting is. One of the things I'm so thankful for that we we don't have in this church is we don't have striving praise and worship. Striving praise and worship will wear you out. Maybe some of y'all don't even know what that is. Let me tell you about it. Striving praise and worship is where the leader... Is, 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 is a couple different ways you can strive. You can strive with God, and you can strive with the people. You strive with the people because you're mad at the people because they ain't worshiping. They ain't singing. They chilling. They ain't doing nothing. And so the worship leader will just rebuke all the people. Oh, it's bad. Y'all need to stand up. 
Y'all need to praise. Y'all need to, y'all need to, y'all need to, y'all need to, y'all need to. Who's our attention supposed to be on? Jesus. So if we take the looking glass and we take it off of the Lord and we put it onto the people, we become self-conscious. A self-conscious person is not worshiping correctly because they're thinking about themselves. I mean, in worship, you're to lose sight of yourself. Good worship, you'll, you'll forget that you're here. And can, because we want to get that moment of freedom from ourselves. Amen. And then striving will come on the people, or striving will come on God. God, you need to come down. Come down, God. Come down. Come down. Come down. Come down. He's here. Like, you're not trying to get him to come down. We brought him in here with us when you came. While you were drinking your coffee, eating your Egg McMuffin, he was in here. You know what I'm saying? You, you spilling your coffee on yourself, yelling at your kids, he's still in here. He's here, right? We're not trying to get him to come down. How many know it's unbelief to try to get him to come down? Are y'all tracking me here? And, but how many know that, so you can strive with the people? You can strive with the Lord, and then we can strive against the enemy. You ever been in a church service where all they talk about is the devil? Devil, 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 devil. Devil. Devil! Oh, devil! You know, oh, striving, striving. The devil's like, yes, they're looking at me, not Jesus. I'm so glad we don't have that here. I'm so thankful because, like, I can actually enjoy myself. I don't have to get stressed out because I'm not praising God hard enough. See... If we point people to Jesus, then they'll worship. They'll, they will worship. They'll feel comfortable to worship. Can't get an amen. And, and here's the thing, and I know I'm, I'm everywhere today, but God ain't here. He's here. So we got to go with where he's at, not where I, what my, on my idea. So um, I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> amen. Praise God. But point being, rest. Amen. And if you're not in that place of rest, labor to get into it. How do you labor to get into it? Spend time with the Lord, man. You know, I don't know if it's time in scripture or time in worship or time in prayer. Coming together in, you know, in, you know, with in the corporate atmosphere of worship, whether that be online or that be here, whatever. You got to fill up, we got to fill up our cup, man. Don't allow anyone to bring you over into a place of striving. There's so much striving stuff on social media right now. Like, because what it is is somebody wants to blame somebody. Like, well, it's not happening the way we want it. We must blame someone. We'll blame this political party. We'll blame the church. Let's blame the pastors. Let's, I mean, you know, the, the blame game started at the fall. It's a product of the curse. Jesus canceled the blame game with the cross. He said, oh, you all want to blame each other? Why don't you blame me? I'll take all your blame. I'll take every last drop of it. And I'll take it to the grave. To where now, I mean, you know, we're not a part of the blame game any longer. We're, we, 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 we don't carry a message of accusation. We don't carry a message of condemnation. We carry a message of justification and love and forgiveness. Can I get an amen? Now, that being said, right's still right, wrong's still wrong. And don't change that. Don't let go of that. Don't let someone give you some weird concept of grace that's not scriptural. Amen. Right's still right and wrong's still wrong. But 
but the blame game is a product of the curse, man. A bitter heart wants to blame somebody. And so don't take on a burden that's too great for you to bear and to leave you in a state of being stressed and wigged out. Like if you somehow don't pray harder, then the, the world's not going to be saved. I'm serious, man. Like I'm so serious right now. Because like, did the Lord part the Red Sea without anybody praying? Did the Lord bring the children of Israel out of Egypt without, you know what I'm saying? Like, He did it on His own. He did it. He does it. Now, once again, He likes for us to be involved because it makes us feel good. We're His kids, you know? We, we like, we like, we, we know, just like, you know, my, my little niece helping me move. We get to be involved. I get to preach the gospel. I'm thankful that I get to. But the Lord's the one who actually does everything. So just relax. And rest, trust God, pray, but do it out of a place of rest. Can I get an amen? Do it out of that place. Amen? Okay. Cool. (laughs) Good. Amen? Don't allow anything to bring you into that place of striving. Striving is not faith. I have to guard myself against it. If I'm striving, I'm... How many know there's, there's a... There's a flow to the kingdom. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? There's a grace. There's an unforced rhythm of grace. How many know that floating is different than flailing in water? When people drown, you know, how many know they're capable of floating? If they'll just chill and relax and trust the water's ability, right? But fear is what causes someone to drown, okay? Striving... It's not the kingdom, okay? Um, Trust, trusting is the kingdom. Can I get an amen? Trusting, relaxing, letting the Lord handle it. Is the Lord capable of handling America's problems? Does He want to? All right, cool. You know, is the Lord capable of handling your problems? Is He capable of handling your family's problems? Okay, well, He gets more done when we trust Him and rest than when we try to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he can do, He'll get it all done. And in the midst of Him doing it, He may lead you to do something. He may lead you to, to do this or to do that, right? Why? He's inviting you to be a part of what He's doing. He's a good dad. He said, come on, let me show you. I'll let you be a part of this. But don't, don't, in a freaked out state, try to bring the Lord's will to pass. Don't, in a freaked out state, try to bring the Lord's will to pass. I mean, periodically that happened. I mean, you know, Peter freaked out. He said, Jesus, you're not going to die. You know? And Jesus is like, get thee behind me, Peter. <laughs> he rebuked him. Jesus tried to stop the guards from taking Peter. Excuse me. Peter tried to stop the guards from taking Jesus. He cut off the guy's ear. How I many know he was striving? We don't strive. <clears throat> we rest. We trust. Let the Spirit of God lead you. I know I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but I'm not saying it for your head. I'm saying it for your heart. Because I want Monday to be a day of rest for you. I want Tuesday to be a day of rest for you. 
I want Wednesday to be a day of rest. I want Thursday to be, I want you to be able to rest in a freaked out world. And when I'm talking about resting, I'm not talking about inactivity. How I many you know you can be doing a bunch of stuff but have rest right here? Yes, you can. See, fear will stress you out. And it'll make the smallest task the hardest thing in the world. Fear will. Fear has no right to live inside of you. You are a being of love. You are wall-to-wall love. You were created by love, and, and love drives out fear. And God does not want His kids living scared in 2020. He wants His kids living in peace and in joy. If anyone should have peace, it's us. But how many know, unfortunately, as Christians, we are really good at wigging each other out. We will freak each other out, won't we? We are better at freaking each other out than the world is at freaking us out. (sighs) Okay, amen. So, once again, the wisdom that is from above is pure and peaceable and easy to be entreated. It's going to bring peace. What you're listening to puts you in a state of fear. I question whether it's from God. I'm going to say that a couple more times. If what you're hearing puts you in a state of fear, I question whether it's from God. Because God's not scared. He's got this. Can I get an amen? All right, let's close. And I'm, but I want to pray. Let's keep this recorded because I want to pray. Um, Father, I, just, I lift up everybody that's watching this on live stream and everybody that's here. Lord, we say that you are God. And you are God alone. And there's none stronger than you. There's none greater than you. There's none mightier than you. You created all of this yourself. You parted the Red Sea yourself. You raised Jesus from the dead yourself. And Lord, the problems that face America, the problems that face our world, they are not greater than you. And as your kids, we want to tell you, we trust you to handle this. And whatever you want us to do, I thank you that you make it real to us. Let us be led by your Spirit, not driven by fear. Let us be led by your Spirit, not driven by anxiety and fear and worry. Lord, I thank you that your kingdom, your kingdom that is within us, is righteousness, peace, and joy. And Lord, we just right now, collectively, we put our trust in You. And we say to You, Lord, whatever You want us to do, I thank You that You lead us in it. But as for me and my house, as for us, we will trust You, we will serve You, and we will live in a place of peace. And Lord, if there comes a time when we leave that place of peace through a report of the world or a report uh, from a well-meaning minister or whatever, we labor to get back into your lap, the easy, light yoke of Jesus. Let us be strong. Let us be confident. Let us be bold as lions. And let our boldness be demonstrated out of our place of rest. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Lord, I thank you that we are your Holy Ghost ninjas. Lord, we are led by your Spirit everywhere we are, in our homes, in our workplace, in the school system, Led by your spirit. We are salt. We are light. Lord, we trust you with this country. We trust you with this world. And we trust you 
with our own lives. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's good. Here, say it into the mic so people can hear you. Uh, the Lord brought it to my heart.